What's your life goal? And have you achieved it? Yeah, I married you. Aw, gross. You really need to go out there and make sure the whole world hates you. Oh, perfect. My butthole is all over the internet. A fine wine. She keeps me in the basement and pulls me out when she needs me. If I drink Sambuca, he's getting it. I bought a case. Can tell a lot about a person by the way their tits, pussy, or dick looks. You come near my cheeks and it's not going to be a good day for you, homie. (laughs) This is going to be special. Welcome to the Two Onions Podcast with Danny Daniels and Vic. What's up, guys? I'm Danny Daniels, and this is my husband, Vic. Um, we are still stuck inside, um, so we're doing another episode of the Two Onions Podcast from home. I wore my I wore Vic's favorite dress today. I didn't wear my jammies. I wore your favorite I know. dress. I saw it. Thank you. <laughs> so last week, um, we did an episode and you interviewed me. Correct. So I think that it's rightful that I interview you. Are you just slow moving the mic closer? Yeah, just in case. <laughs> so I'm going to interview you this episode. Sounds good. Um, I feel like I, I didn't even ask the fans for questions because uh, I feel like those I, would have been special. <laughs> no, but I feel like I know what they want to know. Well, the sane ones. Um, so, yeah, so everyone always asks me, I think that the number one question I get that's, like, safe for work about you is what you do for a living. <laughs> I'm a bullshit artist. So what do you do for a living, husband <laughs> of mine? I coalesce the vapors of humanity into a viable... I'm a bullshit artist. No, what do you do? Like, I'm, I'm in, I'm in public relations. I, I, I am in public relations and have been for a very long time. Okay, so like for those of people like me, fun fact: when Vic and I got together, I didn't know what he did for a living. My parents still don't know what I do for a living because so. like I didn't understand because he gave me that answer and I was like, "What in the literal fuck is public relations?" So can you please explain to the class? Well. It's when you relate to the public. No. (laughs) I I handle my clients' uh, public persona for the media and social media. Okay. So it's your job, basically, to make people look cool. And get them press and get them invited places and all that fun shit. Yeah, that's pretty much it. What's the difference between PR and, like, management? Uh, manager manages your career. PR just manages your public appearances, your public persona. So uh, how's I'm not in. I'm not in charge of getting people gigs and getting them jobs and managing their money or anything like that. My job is to just take them and give them the best public persona I can give them, or save their asses when they've done stupid shit, which I've done many, many of that, <laughs> much of that in my life. Um, I was going to ask the, that later on, but well, we'll get to it. Um, so what kind of people like hire you? Um, God, everything from corporations to um, politicians to celebrities to musicians. Anybody that any any entity doesn't even have to be a person. Any entity that has a public perception or a public persona. Okay, us. so anyone like viewed by the public can. Any, so you any don't entity, have, like, a, corporations. You do know, you like, have like a specialty. Like I work. I work. Yeah, I, I tend to deal in um, entertainment, fashion, and products surrounding them, um, and food, hospitality. That's that tends to be where I go. I did politics for a very long time, but I haven't done that. In a I was going to ask that next, Vic. Uh, okay. <laughs> so how did you get your start? In PR. Um, <laughs> Well, okay, so I started as a political consultant coming out of college. I worked in politics for years. Can you, like, major in PR or, like, what was uh, your major? You know, you know what? I learned a long time ago in college. doesn't matter what your major is. It matters what you become. I actually was a political science and history major. So I guess technically I majored in the field that I was in. I know most people who are poli-sci majors wind up becoming lawyers later on. That's, like, a thing. Um but yeah, I actually majored in what, but they don't teach you how to run campaigns in college. I learned mm-hmm. that from being involved with campaigns. So I uh, started off doing campaigns, running political campaigns, and then I kind of burned out of politics. Um, Why? Uh, I feel I like just, politics would be the most fun. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like everybody always asks me, what's the difference between porn and politics? At least porn stars are honest about their dishonesty politicians are just fucking dishonest straight through it was one too many times working for people who said one thing but i knew they didn't believe it and i I just kind of got burnt out plus it was it was draining i would leave may 1st and come back home middle of november and you know missed missed a lot of of major moments in my life or major moments that should have been part of my life because i was constantly gone and working so 
it wound up being, uh, it wound up burning out. And then I started realizing that, well, you know, mouthwash doesn't talk. So I can be a poli- I can I can do kind of like what I was doing for politicians, but for mouthwash and not have to worry about them doing stupid shit. And then <laughs> I wound up babysit. Yeah, and then I wound up being a babysitter for entertainers, <laughs> but at least entertainers, I don't know. There was, you know, there, there were times where I would I would work with you know people who did dumb shit like trash hotel rooms and whatnot. And I, it reminded me a little bit of politics, but then I realized, oh yeah, they're not in charge of taxing people, so it didn't bother <laughs> me quite so much anymore. So. so, like when a politician would like travel around, you would travel around with them. Yeah, is I mean, that why you were gone for the time? Yeah, period? I was running campaigns in multiple states. I was all over the country at one point in time. I, I remember, I think I was in five states in three days once. It was just a blur. Um, and I was handling political races for congressmen and senators and, and stuff everywhere, literally everywhere. I think I. Th- think the only two states I haven't been in are Hawaii and Alaska. Um, and I mean, you know, I worked on presidential campaigns. I worked on all of them. Um, Did you enjoy it? I loved it. I, I loved it, but it burned you out. It, it's, it's a young man's game. And when I turned 30, I went, oh, okay, I'm, I'm starting to get a little tired of this. Money was great. Job was good. The company, I had two business partners. We had a 92% success rate. If we took the campaign 92% of the time, you were going to win. Um, we were kind of really good at dealing with crisis communication and stuff like that. But after a while, I just burned out. <laughs> just, it sounds you know, exhausting. Like it you is. Know, as you talk about it, I'm like Jesus. It is. It is, and it's just you know, it's 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 everything that you can imagine an advertising campaign is, but jammed into a really 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 short time period. Because you know, as you're doing advertising, even even in the adult business, okay, your brand grows and grows and grows and grows. Mm-hmm. You don't have a finite date. Election date doesn't move. Mm-hmm. Whatever day election day is, you can't peak the next day. You have yeah. to peak that day. You have to have all of your eggs right in that basket. So there's no movement. So I, I remember the first time I started getting involved in fashion, and it was like these fluid deadlines. And I'm like, what the hell is this shit? <laughs> so I started doing fashion shows because I knew that fashion shows, they had to be that day. But I'd be like, oh, yeah, we're going to do this uh, maybe the fall. Maybe the, maybe the fall. Maybe, what the hell does that mean? I didn't, I didn't grasp it at first. But then as I, I, you know, I started getting into it, then I started realizing, you know, some things that have deadlines and some things that don't. Do you have a favorite? You. (laughs) (laughs) No, like, do you have a, like, I, like, do you have a favorite thing you like to do with PR? Uh, I always, I I actually enjoyed the crises. That's Um, not a good thing. So yeah, it's, but I, I love when shit hit the fan. I, yeah, I did. I actually did kind of, and I, I hate to say it, but I did kind of like when shit hit the fan because there's a, um, I think every PR person never wants to be the king. You, you I just, I, I'm not that, per- I was never the person who was like, run me for office. I was the person who was like, let me be the kingmaker. But there's something that when the shit hits the fan and you're saving someone's ass, there's something a little narcissistically powerful about that. That's kind of cool. Plus, I, I was actually really good at dealing with people and getting them to do what I believed at the time were the right things to get their asses out of fire. And and most of the time, I would advise my clients, don't bullshit. Yeah. You know, and I, I you and I had this conversation a very, very long time ago, um, and I had read it in uh, James Carville and, and Paul Begella's book, and they were president clinton's first campaign team and they talk about how they like to train their candidates by having them watch the courtroom speech in animal house oh geez because the courtroom speech in animal house has one of my favorite movies of all time it has a great moment in it where otter stands up and he says this isn't about whether we broke a few rules or took liberty with our female guests because we did this is about and i used to i used to show that to candidates all the time right from that book because it's right that's what you do you get up you admit the mistake yeah and then you change the story and then you tell them something else well you don't change the story but you change the subject you change the subject and then you know by the time was over and done with he was like i will not have you attack the united states of america and they all stormed off right Mm -hmm. and so it's but, um, yeah, so I used to love the crises. That was, and it was always because I, I like the action. Um, we had Joanna Angel on, and she was talking about how if there's, like, you got a long time and a deadline. Yeah. All of a sudden, you wait till the last minute and you do it. But the crisis is, man, that was, like, yeah, right now. I guess it's a, yeah, yeah. It's like having the essay due, and you're like, you do it the night before. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was the king of that in college. Do you think this doesn't really have to do with 
where I was going with this, but you said you like being a kingmaker. Do you think that makes it easier to date someone like me? Because I'm constantly um, on camera, on social media, on, you know. Maybe. T- it's funny because, like, for those listening, Vic is the more, like, social of the two of us. But I'm definitely the one that's, like, on screen more. It's funny that, that you say that because most PR people that I know are very extroverted. I think it's the nature of our business. Mm-hmm. We have to deal with people all the time. Yeah, all so the PR people you know are like all just like you. Yeah, like they're all... You know, <laughs> and and maybe I, I never thought of it that way, but maybe, yeah, maybe my entire career training led to our marriage <laughs> being the, as easy as it is I for me. I just think for me, like right the second, I was like, wait a minute. I wonder if that's why. Maybe. Because you don't, like, it's hard for you... Even to like something like you like the you don't like the spotlight, but you like creating it. If that makes any sense. Yeah, I like being in the middle of it, but I like the, the yeah, I like the spotlight going away mm-hmm. from me while I'm standing there making sure the spotlight's where I want it to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of yeah. I've always been that way. Um, I you know there were there were times. Uh, especially in politics where I thought about, you know, I would love to run for office. Uh, maybe, hey, maybe be president of the United States or whatever. And then that just went away really fast. <laughs> I don't know if you'd be a great president. I don't, I don't know. Are you have great, like, well, I don't like to talk about politics too much on the show because everyone always gets, somebody gets butthurt, so I try to avoid it. But you do have a great, you would have, you've mentioned things like when we've talked and whatever, like you have great ideas, but I feel like, if you got a microphone in front of you and someone pissed you off, it would not end well. No, like, I don't feel like you have a very good, like... I don't have a filter. <laughs> exactly. I'm not sure. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there was, everybody's uh, touting right now Andrew Cuomo for president. Man, I'm not sure Sicilians or Italians should be president because we're going to be oh, like, hey, no. fuck you. I don't want to hear your shit. You anyway. Know? <laughs> you know, it's just... Again, why don't talk about this? I mean, I just... But... You know, there were points and times, I think, in America where, hey, fuck you, you're going to do this. Might be what we need, but who knows? <laughs> I think that's why New York gets shit done. I mean, there are a lot of Italians here, and I love it. it you know, like, a lot of Italians, a lot, a lot of just, like, stern-ass people that are like, this is what's happening, this is what's going down. It's, you Fuck know, it's, you. That's funny. I, I, I grew up outside of here and spent mo- most of my life coming in and out or living in the city. My family's from the city. This is a great training ground for a lot of things. First of all, it's a great training ground for diversity. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like 35% of the city wasn't even born in America. Yeah. It, you go six blocks and see everything. Oh, we talked about this the other everything. day. It's like, you know, we're stuck inside and obviously and like surprisingly, like we're getting along really, really well. Not surprisingly, but we're getting along really well. But we were talking about it because it was Passover. Yeah. And like where I grew up, there were no Jews. <laughs> yeah. There were no Jewish yeah. people. Yeah, we got there, a whole maybe community. one. Yeah, right. I don't know. Yeah. Like, I and so it's funny because living here, it's so cool. I mean, like. So many of your friends that are now my friends are Jewish. And, yep. like, just that alone. Like, I don't, like, I didn't know what, like, Jewish food was. Like, was, Jewish deli. I was like, I didn't yeah. know that. You have, like, Little Germany, you know. Yeah, we like, have, yeah, you have, you have all these have little sections. You have, you have a whole Caribbean I, section. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I grew up in a pretty, like, you know, open city. I'm not open city, but, like, a diverse city. And it's nothing like New York. No. So... No, and and it's, and it's just, a, it was like funny. I remember leaving the New York area and going out, and and especially when I was, people would be like, "Oh, do you have black friends?" And I'm like, "I have friends." I yeah, don't, I don't understand. I don't understand. I have Bob, you know, exactly. my friend Darius. Yeah. You know, it's like I don't, you know, I got my friend Tom, my, my business partner Jacques. I mean, I guess yeah, I guess they're black friends, but they're just friends. I never, you know, yeah. I kind of grew up with. I mean, and a lot of times we we would rib each other and pick on each other's ethnicity but we could do that because we loved each other yeah and no one gave a shit but it yeah was a but you also it was a different situation grow, i could, can't imagine growing up here i mean i wish i did because talk about being exposed to everything everyone every culture every holiday every situation you know yeah. every mode of transportation i mean whatever every, it's like everything is every there. scam every card yeah. office every, yeah like you, you grow know. fast here you grow, yeah if you, if you don't if yeah you, you do grow, you do grow up fast here you learn a lot here you learn a lot of diversity here you learn a lot of speed here to the point where when i've lived or when i've traveled to places that are are down home and homesy and well, country that's what, wait you're i'm interviewing vic like, <laughs> i was going to say 
So growing up here, when you started traveling around for the politics stuff, what was that like? like oh. When you went to like Mississippi for the first time. I went to, and, like, I, I got to tell you what, I went you know, to even Albany they, yeah, for the first time. Like, okay? even, <laughs> even just like random, you know, small towns anywhere. I went, I went to college in the 80s. I left, you know, Long Island and New York City and I went to Albany. And I'm on my way to class, stopped off at a deli to get a regular coffee and a buttered hard roll, which in New York which City, I don't know what that is. Yeah, which in New York City is <laughs> no one on the go. Is, yeah, it's it's the on the go food. Even Long Island, it's the on the go food. That's it. There's literally you walk into a place, you go regular coffee, you grab. There's a pile Wait, like a black coffee, regular that's coffee, okay. pile of of buttered, literally hard rolls, like Kaiser rolls with butter What's on. What's a Kaiser roll? It's just a, a roll, just a, a hard okay. roll, okay? like a bun. No, a roll. You've What's seen them. the difference? I'm ex- I know, but people listening don't know. What I, I don't know how to describe Google it. Google it. It's bread. It's not a bun. It's not a. It's just bread, but like it's a, a mini roll. Loaf? Yeah, it's like a mini roll. It's okay. got seeds on the outside, and it's buttered. And you grab to go regular coffee. A regular coffee in New York is two sugars, black, and a splash of cream. Period. That's a regular regular coffee. That's what everybody knows it to be. Okay. This other guy said regular coffee, buttered hard roll. He goes, "What's a regular coffee?" I went, "Oh shit." <laughs> I said, uh, then he takes out the roll and he's cutting it and he's slowly buttering it. I'm like, you'd have been murdered. There'd have been 35 <laughs> plumbers with their pipe wrenches kicking the shit out of you because you didn't get them there. I mean, you know, this is this is a two-minute thing. Tops, yeah. give me that go. See you out the door. Then I went into a bar and I ordered four Bud Rises. The guy said $5. I went, I said, four Bud Rises, not one. He said, $5. I went, oh, my God. Where the hell am I? <laughs> the whole thing was a, was a culture shock to me. I didn't know there was no such thing as wild cows. I mean, I found that out when I moved upstate, when I was living upstate New York. I was like, I was like, oh, what do you, you know, they're like, oh, the cows have to be milked every day or they die. I'm like, well, what about the cows in the wild? They're like, they're no wild cows. I'm like, oh, shit. Okay. You know. Fun fact. Yeah. The beat up 57 Chevy. I can tell you what that oh looks like. God. But a cow? Nope. <laughs> so, yeah, it was a shock. And then, yeah, traveling around. I mean, we got married in Arkansas. Yeah. And that was, you know, that's, yeah, that's always up, culture shock. Yeah, I grew up on the West Coast. Um, but my family has roots in Arkansas. Um, and so we got married there. It's a whole other conversation. But um, to bring all of our friends from L.A. and New York and all over to a small town in Arkansas was um, interesting. Yeah. We should do an episode just on that. Not today, because today is yeah, all about Vic. Yeah. But we should. We should just tell all the Arkansas stories, because it's pretty good. They were fun. And it was fun. You know, there 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 is something... I learned this traveling around. There's something essentially sweet and wonderful about an entire community coming together and judging pies and yeah. who's got the. There's just something yeah. truly Americana about that state fair. I mean, we didn't have state fairs down here. Yeah. There's one in upstate New York, but down here there was no, you know, there's no state fair. But there and are in like a different sense of the world. I mean, like, you, yeah. you know, there's in New York, you have like street fairs. Yeah. We had, yeah, you we, know, you have cultural whatever. events. Yeah. yeah and it's, yeah. you get way more access to culture here. Yeah, but they like I said, it's just it was just something, you know, like these people they had they, they took pride. I mean yeah. they took pride in their pie. They took pride in their chili or whatever the it's heck a it was. Slower it was, way of living. And and which, it's and it's not wrong. It's no. just different. It's just yeah. not what I was used to. But I became I became fond of it and enamored by it because it was something that was different, but it was also something that was just genuinely sweet in some ways. That you just looked at it and went, you know what? Maybe they have something. Maybe maybe slowing down isn't the worst thing in the yeah. world. No, right? it's definitely not a bad way of living. It's just a yeah. different way. Of, so it works for some people. I would. You I would couldn't. Go, yeah, I couldn't do it. I'd go batshit crazy. Yeah, <laughs> I would go out of my. But that's that's because I was trained here. Yeah. You know, I, I I. But that can also have an opposite effect. I mean, like I wasn't. I didn't grow up here, but I feel the most at home here. Yeah. You know, so it depends on what you want. I mean, I don't think necessarily the way you're brought up means I'm going to want that, you know. No, not necessarily. And I think, yeah, I think, but also same thing with here. I mean, you have a bunch of people here who just one day go, that's it. I'm done. I'm out of here. Yeah, I need to go one of breathe the, the clean air. One <laughs> of the funny things when we were traveling is when we went to Scotland, there was a guy we were talking to. I think he was like a cab driver or something. And he was like, oh, yeah, you live in New York. Oh, yeah, they have they have buildings more than four stories there. I'm like, what? <laughs> so the tallest building I've ever seen. Remember that? He was like, the yeah. tallest building I've ever seen is four stories. And I was like, holy shit. We got that a lot of places. I mean, even in some major cities like Paris. Paris, you know, you have the Eiffel Tower and mm-hmm. you have that tower that my no, father this hates. Was a diff- yeah, it was a more extreme. Yeah, but, but they, you know, even the there tower. we've run into people that, that, are be, that are like, oh my God. I mean, people who've been to Paris will mm-hmm. say, oh my God, the speed of New York. And that's 
Paris, even yeah. Rome. Oh my God, the speed of New York. The only place that's close is London, and it's even mm-hmm. not quite as fast as New York moves. But let's get back to you. Oh, back to you. <laughs> it was a really good effort, a, P- a good, really good PR effort trying to change the subject of New York, but I see you <laughs> and what you're doing. So you still do PR. Yes. I'm going to pretend that I don't know this. Okay. Um, but what made you start writing? You. Me? Yeah. What do you mean? I wanted to write a book that was kind of a love story to you. That's Aww. what made me start writing. So Vic has a book called Wait for the Corn. Um, I know, you don't have it. It's so your much. episode, Vic, and you don't have your book. And, <laughs> and um, yeah, it's, you know, I wrote the, what is it called? The, the intro? Forward. The forward. Mm-hmm. And it's good. It's really good. I was actually surprised when he told me, he was like, I think I want to write a book about, you know, like your industry and us being together. I didn't, I was like, okay. <laughs> and then I didn't think anything was going to come of it. And you wrote it. Yeah. About pretty quick. Five, six months. Mm-hmm. And you're like, here, read this. <laughs> Tell me <laughs> if you this read, sucks. And you read it on a plug. <laughs> I did. Yeah. But to, how, what, you have to go into depth. Like what made you write? I mean, like you know, PR I doesn't just, equal being an, a writer. Well, it kind of does. I mean, you're always writing in PR. You're writing blog posts, you're writing um, social media posts, you're writing press releases, you're writing articles and stories. I mean, you just, you write a lot when you do PR. Um, And I always wanted to write, but I I was an incredibly horrible English student because I found out when I was 30 that I'm dyslexic. Mm -hmm. So... You found that out when you were 30? 30. Yeah, I was 30 when I found that out. And the only reason why I found that out is back here somewhere, there's a book about uh, George Patton where it talks about him finding out that he was dyslexic and it listed all the problems that he had. And I went, I have every single one of those problems. Oh my God. And I went and got tested and found out that I, I'm, I'm actually what they call dysgraphic, which means I have problems with grammar and writing, but I don't have the reading problem. And, and Patton was the same way. Um, and I, now I, I kind of understood why I just didn't grasp grammar. Just to this day, I still have a problem with it. That's what, that's why they have editors. Um, but I loved writing and I would always get these great, oh, creative story. Grammar sucks. You know, it was kind of like, you know, A for effort kid, but D for the paper because you, you screwed up your adverbs and whatnot. So as moving forward, we now have Grammarly and editors and I really don't give a fuck anymore what people think. And I read things and tell you your grammar's wrong. Yeah, and and, and my mom, and, you know, and, and I just said, you know what, I wanted to do it. And a lot of it was um, I, I grew up without the internet and grew into it. And I've always known what it was because it's part of my business. But watching your social media, watching our friends, social media and watching some of the comments and then listening and just reading stories about internet bullying and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I kind of realized there's a story here to be told. And the other side of that was I was just utterly fed up with, Oh, that must be her sugar daddy. Mm-hmm. It just I had a dollar like, for every uh, time someone thought if I had, yeah, if I had a dollar for every time somebody thought that I could actually be a sugar daddy. Or if anyone always <laughs> says like you're my dad. I'm your dad. I mean, yes, I'm your, we are I, twenty. Yes. We, Vic and I are twenty three years apart, and the only time I ever think about it is if someone's like, "Is that your dad?" Yeah, and I and, I, and I'm know, like, "What? Why would?" I'm like, "Oh yeah, we have an age difference." I, I gap. get it. I get it. You're intellectually incapable of coming up with something better than I know you are, but what am I? No one can accept the fact that a young woman would want to be with somebody twice her age. It has to be either you have money or you have money or your dick's huge and you have money or, you know what yeah, I mean? It's There's just, always, it's usually, it it's, usually, yeah, it's usually you have money. It's either you have money or for a very small percentage of the people I've like, Drugged you and roped you in. Oh yeah, those ones too. But those very yeah. so mostly no. you have money, and and I can just be genuinely happy. God forbid. God forbid. And, and the, <laughs> the, the 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 funny part about it is is I mean I I was hearing it from the and and you know oh this won't last six months oh this won't last a year mm-hmm. oh the marriage will never happen oh I give the marriage only one year well four years later go fuck yourself you know yeah. so it's like and I got I kind of got fed up with it and there was a story to be told there because most of our friends aren't looking for sugar daddies mm-hmm. I to to a person almost most of our, yeah um when he says most of our friends he's referring to like uh, our in friends the, in the industry in the that industry. are women almost to a person they say things like i just want to be with somebody who's got ambition and drive mm-hmm. and can keep up with me mm-hmm. 
and accepts my lifestyle. There's never, you know, there was, there isn't a, holy shit, I hope he's got it. Because th- mm-hmm. they learn. And, and I you, think, like, sometimes when you're younger, that I'm not, you know, there are, I'm not going to throw anyone under the bus, but there are girls, absolutely. like, when you're younger, like, I just want to marry a fucking rich dude, fuck this, fuck. But, you know, it's like with age, you're like, okay. I also think course, that, you know, in, 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 of course and it exists, not but necessarily, a lot of our friends don't have that. True. And, and not necessarily in your case, but I do know, having talked to others, and again, no names mentioned, they have at some point dated a rich person mm-hmm. and started realizing you're just a possession oh yeah and i mean money does ex- not buy happiness <laughs> it has just doesn't. it happened where if one partner was rich and the other was not they got of course yeah but it's different usually it's very different with porn you want so, you know, yeah but i don't know it's all another again so again back to vic <laughs> so again so writing so writing this i wanted to write about internet culture, write about our relationship, um, really talk about what an amazing businesswoman you are. You own five businesses and all of them are successful. And the fact that we are in love and a team. And also I've been through a lot of relationships. You've been through Mm -hmm. a bunch. You've lived a lot in 30 years. I've lived an awful lot in 50 years. I think we do it right. Mm -hmm. You know, we're four years in for us. I think we do it, but I think we do it right in general. There's a lot of generalities of what we do that I think is, that I think would work for many people. And I was like, you know what? Having been through the ringer a bunch of times, mm-hmm. I wanted to write it down. Mm-hmm. Now, take the advice. Don't take the advice. Yeah, Actually, but you've had a lot of people reach out to you yes. and tell you that they liked the advice that you've yes. given, you know? Yeah, there's there's one specific gentleman, and you, you will be, I'm sure you'll be watching this, um, who has told me he gave the book to his parents, and his parents now have date nights, Aww. and they celebrate their anniversaries, and they do everything that I wrote in the book, and I'm like... I, I was amazed. I, I was actually, I was actually a little teary-eyed over it because it's an amazing thing to hear someone's parents yeah. have developed a a greater love for each other because of something I wrote. Half of it being sarcastic, and the other half being just a love story to you. So it was, it was just really, it was really wonderful to hear that, and it's been unbelievably humbling. I mean, I have seventy-five positive reviews on there, and I know like fourteen of them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like 60 people I've never met in my entire life wrote nice things. And it's like, it's it's a humbling thing. I mean, I got one shitty review. You got to get, you gotta get one. Not, you there's, gotta, always, there's, always, there's always somebody out there. If I, had, if I had a dime yeah. for every shitty porn I mean, review I've ever got. That's the part that I don't understand. Is porn reviews, I mean, I get it. You know, it's like a book, maybe it's written badly or it's not your cup of tea. But porn, you go in there to watch sex. They had sex. What the fuck's no, wrong? But <laughs> whatever. Whole, yeah. Yeah, we talked whole, about that on the show before. But yeah. um. What made you want to go into fiction? Wait, for those of you listening, the book is Way for the Corn. You can get it on Amazon. Go buy it. (laughs) (laughs) Shameless plugging. Shameless plug. But what made you want to start writing fiction? Because that's a whole other monster. Yeah. That's com- you can't blame that on me. Yeah, I can. Once I got the (laughs) once I can I can blame everything on you. Once I got the writing bug, um, I started wanting to write more and. There were just stories that I loved reading. I like reading a lot. Um, and I just want yeah, to Yeah, if you a- haven't noticed from the background, we are big readers. Yes. And it wraps around to the other side. So. And, and, and <laughs> this doesn't include about the 4,000 books I threw out before I moved to New York that are now on my Kindle. Yeah. Um, I just, I don't know. I just, I just enjoyed fiction stories. I enjoyed writing that book. I'm now writing a fiction book. I'm also writing another, a kind of almost a sequel to that book. Um, I wrote a screenplay for you. I just, I just got the bug, I just, and it's an, it's an enjoyable process. And you know that uh, Stephen King says you you write for your ideal reader, and you hope that your ideal reader loves it. So I write for you, Aww. I mean that's really what I do. I write for you, and I hope that at some point you read it and you laugh and you cry and you chuckle at the parts that I want you to laugh and cry and chuckle at. And then with any great luck, other people will like it too. Oh, that's <laughs> so, a sweet thing. You know that's that's I, I write for you. So. Yeah, I wrote I wrote that screenplay because it was a, mm-hmm. a running joke that don't uh, give it away that that uh, a friend of ours and you don't were give doing it away this, this TV show so I wrote Period. a screenplay about it um, and I and I, I think it I think it came out pretty well so we'll see yeah I think it's great I I'm excited because I'm I want to read your next one yeah when you let me read it <laughs> from halfway through so aside from writing and PR and all that stuff let's get into kind of more personal things like my question i've always wondered with you is you know me getting into the business and kind of like selling my soul for porn 
you know, I expect judgment and I expect negative comments. And I, we've talked about that when you interviewed me, I expect all that stuff. What is it like falling for someone and getting into that? You know, when you're not, you don't, you don't work a job where you would be exposed to that normally. And you've kind of, from uh, some performers like don't expose their partners. Some do. I do. Um, I've never hit anything. So what is it like kind of falling into that? I mean, I knew, I knew what I was getting into when I signed up. So I'm not, I mean, it wasn't that surprising. Um, in many ways it's tamer than I thought it was going to be. Even with like all the hate comments, all the hate, but mail, I got, all, I, you know, I yeah, but honestly, you got Vic's gotten like death threats, but that's all over stupid scam shit. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. It's yeah, still, I get, I you're get still exposed to the moronic industry. comments from young men in countries that won't be named India and Arab um, that say dumb shit. But I also have had um, amazing people from India and Iraq and Iran and Egypt reach out, buy my book and tell me they loved it. So mm-hmm. to be honest, I'd say 80% of the time I'm getting nice comments from people. Oh, I love your relationship. I love what you guys do, blah, blah, blah. Every once in a while you get a stupid question. But for the most part, you know, you maximize the good and minimize the bad. I mean, it's the 80-20 rule and it's 80-20. It's like 80 good, 20 bad. Who gives a shit about the 20? That is true. It's just I feel like usually like negativity sticks to people harder than positivity. Yeah. But at you the know same- what? At, at, at a younger age it did. I'll be honest, at a younger age it probably would have bothered me a lot more. At my age, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> You're old man now. I don't now. care. You, you know. got old man no fucks to give. Yeah, you know. If I had three fucks in my pocket, you were hanging off a cliff and you needed one, you ain't getting it because I got no fucks to give. It's just not happening. So that's um, a Chris Rock joke. Just in case. Um, Sorry, Chris. I stole it from you. So, like, it's funny because we do get a lot of hate mail. You know, we, like you said, 20%. That is pretty much accurate. It isn't a lot, but it's more noticeable. Um, but at the same time, like I get a lot of people that know who you are, that always ask about you that are, you know, like, even if I like cam with people, they know I'm married. They know I'm in a relationship. They usually at the end of it, like, thanks for the show. Say hi to your husband. (laughs) And it's like this cool relationship I I have with my fans now. And it is very freeing to be able to be me on social media and not have to like hide you as a partner or pretend you know, yeah, I, I don't know what works in other people's lives. I do know I have been in relationships where I had to be hidden for a while due to some moronic reason or another. That's just a horrible way to go through it because now you're feeling like a second class citizen or inferior, unless it's your choice. Mm-hmm. If the guy says, look, I don't just keep me out of it. That's one mm-hmm. thing. But if the woman goes, well, you know what, I, you know, well, I know you're I with mean, me, but I'm not going to tell anybody about you because... Uh, but there's then, a difference yeah. between I'm not going to tell my friends and family about you or I'm going to keep it a secret from my, from my fans. Which I guess I, I, I guess I kind of understand that there's a marketing aspect to that too. Mm-hmm. But it's a tough relationship to be in if you're feeling like you're denied. Mm-hmm. If you feel denied, if you, if you want to be denied, that's a different story. But if you feel denied and you feel like I've got to pretend... That this doesn't happen, and I also have to accept the lifestyle. Mm-hmm. That's a lot to, to to make a human being swallow. That isn't in the industry. Mm-hmm. If you're in the industry, you know the deal. I mean, you know, if you're a guy in the industry and you're a girl in the industry, or a girl and a girl, or a guy and a guy, you're hooking up. You know what the other person does. They know what you do. It's not that big a deal. Mm-hmm. But if you're a civilian coming in, girl or guy, no matter who you're partnering up with, if you're being denied and you have to deal with all of the pratfalls that come with the industry, and there are some. Man, that's a lot. That's a lot to swallow. Do you recommend dating a porn star? I recommend dating anybody you love. I mean, I don't... I don't. But what if you don't know? I mean... If I, your friend came to you and said, you know, I really like this porn star, should I date her? What would I would probably be? tell him, take the words porn star out of that sentence. Do you really like the person for who they are? Because it's the same thing as having a black friend. I, don't, I have friends. I have, you know, I have my wife. I don't have a porn star wife. I have a wife. No, but I don't mean it in the sense of that. I mean it in the sense of... Like, do you recommend it, knowing everything that comes with it? Yeah, it depends on the person. I mean, I think everybody has to judge what's best for them and what, you know, is is the value of that relationship more important than hearing, oh, is that your dad? Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I can, you know, a million people can tell me, oh, is that your dad? Guess what? You're home in your mother's basement and I'm with her. 
I win. So, uh, you know, it's, uh, you're commenting on my life. I mean, Small Hands said this yeah, on your TV Small show. Hands you're commenting on, on my life. Yeah. I win. Yeah. I'm not commenting on your life because I don't give a fuck. But yeah. you care enough to make a stupid comment. God bless you. But you also have to have that mentality going into it. If you're a mm-hmm. jealous person, if you have, if you have innate jealousy issues, if you have um, insecurities anywhere, man, they're going to be. It's funny. Like. Yeah, somebody's going to find it and they're going to. It's mm. funny because I've. Pretty much blocked most of the haters from Instagram. If if I get hate mail or if I get hate comments, I block you. I don't give you the time of day. Like, you don't get a second chance. I don't have time for that shit. So when I started my TikTok, I had to, like, start over blocking people. And, like, the amount of hate. Like, every day I do a silly video. I just hit a million, actually, on TikTok. Woo! Congratulations. But (laughs) every day I do a silly video embarrassing my husband. Or, like, more, shocking him or whatever. More than once a day. Um, and, you know, I have to start all over. So I get all these people, all these guys mostly, saying, like, Oh, uh, is that her dad? SMH. And you're like, fuck, man. Shake my head. Yeah, I know that Okay. I am in PR. <laughs> so I have to block him. But I always go and look. Because on TikTok, it's all video. Yeah. So I always go and look. And I would say 90% of the guys are look like they're under 30. Yeah, of course they are. <laughs> and it's like almost every time. Here's a, here's, a, here's a little piece of valuable advice for you guys. Stop commenting on other people's relationships. Stop, stop, worrying about, stop, stop worrying about any of that shit. Just and live your hateful. fucking life. Live always, your life. It always shocks me because it's like you're commenting something hateful on someone that you don't have to follow. Yeah. And but if they, you want to get the excuse like, oh, I saw you on my For You page, then just block me. You'll never see me again. It's, but, it's, <laughs> like, but it's not even. Until you're stroking it at Pornhub at 3 a.m. It's, it's, it's an internalized jealousy for somebody who's watching your videos mm-hmm. and think one day they're going to be the pizza guy. I mean, that's really where this comes from, or the pool boy, or whatever. Or just ego in general. It's a, yeah, and, and they don't understand how you, for God only knows what reason, chose me and not them. It's because you made that stupid fucking statement. Well, that's it. That's those dumb, moronic comments. <laughs> Comments are the reason why you're sitting there looking at somebody else's video instead of out living your life with some gorgeous woman that you belong with and you enjoy. That's it. That's the reason, dude. It's got nothing to do with my age. It's got nothing to do with mm-hmm. us. It's got to do with you. Look in the mirror. You're your own problem. Oh, my gosh. So back to Vic. trying to change the subject. Um, I have a couple more questions I actually wrote down because I didn't want to forget them. Oh, boy. Um. Oh, this one's just like, because I'm sure everyone asked this. What's it like being married to me? <laughs> For the music. people at home. You know, we, we, I, I, and you don't know, just be like, oh, it's great. But no, like, it's really, okay. So, like, so is- funny question is, um, one of the things when I interviewed you, people said was, oh, well, I really want to know about the dynamic between you two. I'm not sure how to answer that. We're married. We love each other. We travel together. We have sex when we want to have sex. There are some times we actually don't want to have sex. We enjoy each other's company. We're each other's best friend. I don't know what the dynamic is supposed to be that you're expecting because in my mind, that's the dynamic that should be in every marriage. Mm -hmm. So I don't understand what they're looking for. Like this is, it's a bizarre question. What's it like being married to you? I love you. I want to jump your bones. 99 chances out of 100. Um, I love cooking for you. I love writing books for you. I like being around you. I like traveling with you. I enjoy your company. I even enjoy when you make me do stupid fucking TikToks. I think that people, I think <laughs> people like actually think that um, I'm different. Like when I'm not. Well, you are different than when you're Danny. Yeah, but like when I'm on camera and when I'm like fucking around on TikTok, it's the same oh, human you. being. That's you. Um. I can but say this. I think they're looking for like a secret. Like I don't know. Like a secret. Yeah, blank. I mean, you know, I there's, know, there's always there's always that that line out there that every guy is taught, no matter how hot she is, no matter how gorgeous she is. Someone's sick. Someone's someone sick, sick of her, her shit. shit. I can guarantee you, there's people out there sick of my shit. Yeah, and I mean, you know what? <laughs> and I guarantee you, people are sick of my shit. I am sure you've been sick of my shit. <laughs> I, I get it. But there's a difference between. I'm having a bad day and I'm miserable and I'm arguing with my wife and we come together and perpetually sick of the person's shit. Mm -hmm. If you're perpetually sick of your spouse's shit, Mm -hmm. get the fuck out. Get out. That actually brings me to my next question. (laughs) So um, Vic has been in relationships before. He's been married before. Obviously. Um, You know, I I actually like I'm. I love your ex-wife. She's one of my favorite people. But that's another conversation. Uh, I'm not going to throw any like exes under the bus. I don't want to name names, but 
you know, you've done it. You've done family life. You know, you have kids like you they're adults now. Like you've had a family. I wouldn't say like a stage because like your kids are still very much in your life. Totally, very much so. Yeah. But you have that like uh, you've been a father. You still mm-hmm. are. But yeah. you you raise children. And like now you're in a completely different relationship, a completely different marriage where it is not family life. But it you is know? family life. No, but like it's not this, you know. Yeah, we don't have 2.3 similar, kids in a Yeah, yeah and I'm not saying one is right and one is wrong cuz I don't mean it like that, but I just mean like you've lived many a different types of relationships. So in your opinion, like what are the signs of a healthy relationship or marriage? Um I think and I I believe I put it in the book, the difference between good and bad is how well you deal with bad. That's the that's the difference. Anybody can do good. Mm-hmm. Good is easy. Fucking until you drop dead is easy. Bringing home flowers, that that shit's easy. Problems are going to occur. Money problems are going to occur. Sexual problems are going to occur. Some realistic, unrealistic expectations. Things are going to occur. They're just fighting in general. Fighting in general. Yeah. Pissed off. You're stuck inside for 30 days and you're underneath each other's skin. Whatever the reason is. It's how well you deal with that bad that defines whether or not your marriage is going to succeed. Do you escalate? Do you poke at each other? Do you take it up a notch? Do you figure out? Or do you... Does one person or preferably both figure out how to go stop? Mm-hmm. Let's fix this. Let's reset the problem. Let's take it down a notch. We love each other. This is dumb. Let's not turn this into something moronic. Mm-hmm. That's the difference. In my opinion, that's the difference. That's, that's the difference that I have seen with you and everybody else. With everybody else, it was always a fight to see who could win the fight. And with you, it's a fight to see who can say I'm sorry faster. Well, it's also like <laughs> finding someone you're compatible with, right? Because some people like to fight and go to bed mad and wake up the next day. Some people, you know, don't like to talk about anything. So it's also just like, I used to always say like, you find out about a person six months after you've been together because they stop cut. They cut the shit after six months. No right. one can keep it together. <laughs> when you travel together for the first time and when you fight together for the first time. Right. Because you have to be compatible in all those realms. Because to say, oh, we'll never fight ever is a complete lie. Yeah, that's bullshit. Um, and so, and, you know, if you say, like, well, I don't like to travel. Well, then you're be- you better bet your partner doesn't either. Yeah. Because <laughs> Well, that's to say if you, one wants kids and one doesn't want yeah. kids, that's busted up more marriages than I can count. Yeah. And I mean, I you know, look, I wouldn't trade my two kids in for the world. I love them dearly, but I'm glad I did that when I was younger mm-hmm. and now I'm enjoying this phase. I know a lot of friends of mine who enjoyed having a wild younger life and are now enjoying children now. I don't honestly at 53 believe I would have the energy for a seven-year-old. I really don't. I, I don't have the energy like. for a seven-year-old and I'm 30. I, I am... I am <laughs> Currently having problems with my 26-year-old daughter, let alone seven year old but, but it's, there, there's, and I wouldn't trade in, and I remember um, Bill Clinton was never my favorite president on the planet, but I never hated any president, but he had a great line. Chelsea Clinton was not the most attractive girl when she was going through puberty. She just wasn't. She okay. was awkward. And there were some people who were taking shots at her. Yeah, you know, and she didn't, I mean, her dad signed up to be president of the United States. She didn't sign up to listen to people say you're an ugly redhead. I mean, she just did. Well, that's what kind of I mean, like, what I was talking about earlier about, yeah, okay. But Bill Clinton, I remember he snapped at a reporter once who said it, and it was one of the few times that I saw a president snap that I was like, oh, that's a good thing. He literally said, listen, he goes, I'm only president for four, maybe eight years, but I'm a father for the rest of my life. Do not talk about my daughter like that. That was the end of it. We shut it down and I went, you know what? Yes. You know, cheer. Aww. That's the way, that's what you need. You know, at some point in time, you got to realize there are mm-hmm. longer term things that are more important. Your healthy relationship, your children, your marriage, than there is the shorter term gains of I'm president or I'm going to the bowl game with my friends, whatever, mm-hmm. might be, you know. So that's your advice? It's my advice. <laughs> Stick to it. Um... What, how, what are some signs you would see if, um, like, a relationship or a marriage is going downhill? Uh, when they don't want to be around each other? When they're looking forward to no, going to work? No, but some people like, some people like space, so you can't say that. I don't, I, I, I personally disagree with that, and I, I did a rant on it. I, I get that there are times when there is space. I don't look for it. Mm-hmm. I don't look for it. If you're looking for it. If oh, you're, you're like, looking to get away. If, you're you're look, if yeah. you want to go to I'm going to go take and, a boys weekend get the yeah. fuck away from my exactly. wife. I'm going to go take a boys weekend because we've done this our entire life, mm-hmm. but I really 
don't want to leave my wife, but I'm hanging out with the guys and I get it. You know, we have, we have a friend that does that every year that he does it and he doesn't like leaving his wife and he texts her all the time, but he does it because it's a guy's thing and he's been there, been his friends forever. And I get that. But if you want to go to work mm-hmm. and you don't want to come home from work, it's a pretty big sign that there's a problem. If your friends don't have a positive opinion of your spouse, it's because that's the way you're that's portraying what I was say. them. I'm like, that's your problem. You're portraying them that way. And if you're portraying them that way, then you don't have a positive Yeah, but I don't view think I don't think that you should I don't think you should bitch to your friends about your partner. Because no. I don't think that ever ends well. Nope. Because I could bitch about you tomorrow and then I could get over it. But they're always gonna remember what I bitched about. Because you're never gonna come back and say it was fixed. Mm-hmm. All you're going to say is the fucker didn't take the garbage out again. Mm-hmm. Okay. And at some point in time, your husband or your wife is going to either look like the nag pain in the ass who's always on your rear end mm-hmm. or the uh, insensitive husband who never gives a shit about your feelings or what's going on. You know, those are going to be the two stereotypical bullshit things that are being done. Um, if you're in a same sex marriage, you still have the same situations. I mean, I've seen friends of ours who are, you know, gay who will bitch about their partners, and it's it's the same bitching. Yeah. It's just a different mix-up of how the family but is. that's the thing. It's like, if you, if you have... If one of my girlfriends just constantly bitched about their partner to me, and that was the only information I got, of course I'm going to hate the person. And then, they, and then they wonder why you don't want to hang out with your spouse. It's like, well, you've just... You spent, yeah. you know, God only knows how many months saying he's a piece of shit, and now wonder why. Oh, shocker. <laughs> so, anyway... <laughs> We kind of talked about this, but I wrote down pros and cons of being married to a public figure. We kind of I mean, talked yeah, about that. Yeah, there. I'm in. A, I'm in a very unique situation because you're a public figure, but and you're an incredibly popular public figure. Oh, like we've thanks. gone nowhere, <laughs> literally nowhere on this earth where you have not been asked for a photo, including a fucking hilltop in Montepulciano with like nine people. But it's a little different because I'm not inundated like if I was with. I don't know, Kate Capshaw or you were with Leonardo DiCaprio. I mean, they're public figures that everybody assumes you can go up and talk to. Mm-hmm. You're a public figure that people are going to be a little leery about going up to a little bit. Many times they'll come up to you if I'm not around. Yeah, you're my giveaway and it's really um, annoying, to yes. be honest. And, and, and many <laughs> times... everyone looks for you. They're like for a bald, bald guy with a goatee. And they're like, oh, yep, that's it. Yeah, that's the winner. But it's it's a, it's a an interesting... But it's, I don't know, you know, the... the Pros? I don't. I don't. I don't look at it as pros. And the cons are putting up with the fucking scamming bullshit. But other than that, hey, a pro is that I suck some sweet dick. Yeah, but that's you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so spoiled. So what's next for Vic? What do you mean? Like what's next? Like what do you envision your future looking like? Um, I don't know. Um, I don't know know that I have any long-term goals because I'm old and I don't have long-term goals. Oh my God. um, You know, I just want to continue traveling. I want to continue writing. Um, I enjoy my business. I enjoy our friends and family. And, you know, it's funny, you said something about family life, but we do have a family life. We have really great friends. Mm-hmm. We have a nice. No, I didn't big, mean it like we don't we have, have a family you know, life, but we, we have, don't have like two screaming toddlers. No, right we don't now, have so two. Scre- and, and you know, I, I, I we I just mean, have two screaming Frenchies. Yeah, we have two screaming Frenchies. But we we also have this. Um, I mean, we have a joy. I mean, we're spending thirty days inside together. It's like not that big a deal. But we don't have to chase a, a five and a seven year old around yeah. and get them educated. I mean, I feel for for people who have to do that. I also, having come from the family of a teacher. Want to know how much you value a teacher right now? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're, I you're dealing with two, three, maybe four kids in your house. They're dealing with freaking dirty. We have a lot of friends. Seven hours. We have a so. lot of friends with kids right now, and they're all struggling. And I yeah. can't imagine. Yeah, it's tough. I, I mean, this like... is a tough time. And and you know, kids want to go out and play. They want to mm-hmm. do things. And you got to. I mean, they still got to finish a semester somehow and get that in, or they're going to be perpetually a year behind. It's it's a nightmare. Yeah. Or you have, you even have people that you know. Like, uh, I have a friend that takes care of someone with special needs. Yeah. You know, and how do you explain that? We can't go outside today. Well, well, yeah, and you can't. How, I mean, you, especially you know. when you're dealing with children with special needs, you can't just go, oh, my God, there's a global pandemic because yep. they'll think the world's coming to an end. Mm-hmm. You know? But luckily, we only have Frenchies and uh, we don't have kids. <laughs> so shout out to everyone parenting children right now because. Oh, absolutely. 
Yeah. Um, and yeah, we have we haven't we've gotten along, you know. Yeah, it's like you that's know, pretty we have, much. We have our routines. We do our things. Do you have you any know? recommendations for people that are staying inside? And have a lot of to, sex. How, how to stay sane? <laughs> I don't, you know. What I if get, they're by themselves? What if they don't have a partner? That's what porn is made for. Yay! Go porn. <laughs> um, Swipe up. I mean, you know, it's like, it's funny. It's like, like there are there are ways that everybody's figuring out how to communicate. You know, Zoom and, mm-hmm. and Skype calls and texting. And I mean, we get calls and text messages from friends. Um, Cherie Deville. You know, we had you know, and our friends Chuck and Ashley. We've had you know, online dates where we double dated. They were eating dinner in one side of the planet, and we're on the other. Um, I'm looking forward to being able to travel again. I miss London. I do. Of course you do. I do you miss always London. miss London. Um, and I miss New York, the New York that I grew up with. It is it is so bizarre out there right now. It's just very strange. But uh, I'm sure, you know, this too shall pass. I mean, yeah. I live through. I hope everyone's staying safe and yeah. washing their hands. And... I, I, I mean, I've seen New York go through some shit. Um, I was here for the blackouts in the 70s. I saw but race some, riots. Like, you know what? I, I will say, like, at 7 o'clock every day in New York, people go outside and they cheer for all all the healthcare workers and everyone working right now, you know, keeping us safe. You know, we bitch about staying inside, but there's so many people right now that are working. I mean, yeah. well, you said it. You're like, I'm going to the grocery store getting supplies, and there's like, someone working the cash register. Mm-hmm. You know, they didn't sign up for this. Hoping they to don't, God, yeah, yeah but making and, minimum wage and praying to God that one of you schmucks weren't stupid enough to come out with the disease. But, you know, you're also dealing with a disease where no one knows if they have it sometimes. Mm-hmm. They have literally no signs. So the person behind that cash register making $12, $15, $10 an hour, whatever the hell state minimum wage you are, is sitting there just watching a parade of potential infectees yeah. going past them. And they go to work. Mm-hmm. They go to work every day. You know so. who's more valuable now, the guy that hits the curveball, or the girl, oh, or the girl I've packaging said, I've said that forever. I've always said athletes are way overpaid. Yeah, and teachers and healthcare yeah. workers and you know people working the catcher's register right now, way yeah. underpaid. Yeah, like, we're, we're surviving. I, I, that's I'm, a whole another conversation. I'm, I'm that sorry makes, to my daughter. I'm sorry to my daughter, but we're surviving without baseball. But we would not survive no without grocery store workers and or te- truck drivers teachers. or teachers or you know the, the, the not not even the doctors and nurses. The guy, the custodian, who's got to mm-hmm. clean up after this shit and sanitation workers. Sanitation workers. You know, people, I mean, these guys who are just and they're not the high police. paid. The police. They're not high paid. I mean, doctors are high paid. Some policemen are high paid. You're talking about you know sanitation guys and grocery. Mm-hmm. These guys are not high paid. And we are literally surviving on their backs right now. Yeah. Scary. So thank you, everyone. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for all of that. And hopefully this will end soon. Yeah. And that was the, that was the Vic episode. That's it? You got nothing else? No more I questions? have other stuff, but if we, but we're almost running yeah, out of time. Got, and we got a little going. bit. You got, uh, you got, you got 10 minutes. Yeah, you got more questions. Fire away. What this is your you... one and only time. Oh, no, it's not. I can, we have next week. <laughs> what got you into cooking? What got me into yeah. cooking? My grandmother. Which one? Both. Both my grandmothers. Watching them cook and what they made, I just wanted to learn it. And then I started realizing as I got older, I had to learn it. Why? Well, because you know, if, at some point in time, I was going to be without grandparents. I'm lucky to still have one grandparent that's 53, but at some point in time, I was going to be without grandparents and I didn't want yeah, to lose them. Vic's family's really weird. Like, they don't write recipes down. No. No, you had, like, I had to cook with them. My family is Southern. Like, they write everything down. Like, I have recipes that go back... Hundreds of years. Yeah, literally. But you do not. They just pass. You guys pass. Like, no one thought to pick up a pen and because write it, down how because, much. Because my handful yeah, and my grandmother's say, handful are two like, different sizes. We argue about this all the time. Because I'm like, you could say a, a, a small woman's fistful. Because <laughs> the portions are still the same, depending on who's cooking. I mean, I guess. As long as you use know. the same hand. I just, yeah, and, and I cook, I, I, you know, it's like, oh, okay, that needs a little more of this. So, I, you know, it's, I, I, I just loved it. And then um, as I started, especially when I was doing politics, it was a nice release just to focus on cooking for an hour. So it's like meditative? Yeah, it was like meditative. Just sat down, chopped vegetables, whatever it was, cooked, focused on like making sure the dinner came out the right way, just cleared my head from everything else. Yeah, I've been nice. very spoiled this month because Vic does all the cooking. Yeah. And uh, I do all the baking. Yeah, it's it's. So, it's I mean, but you're but you're doing keto, right? He's doing a diet, so I can't mm. bake anything. Yes, 
Because I'm trying to keep the girlish figure. Um, so I just keep yes. baking for the tonight, door guys. T- t- tonight's, tonight's dinner is going to be a little uh, Asian beef and broccoli. Oh, there you go. Yeah. yeah, but that's not Italian. No. I, so you, I, don't, you don't have a recipe for that? No. Who taught you that? I Do you not forget that I have a cousin who's oh, half yeah. Chinese and half Sicilian? <laughs> Oh, I just forget again. And you don't. Why doesn't she write anything down? Uh, she was. That was. That was the, the old joke. Is like she was uh, Chinese Sicilian and her husband is Irish. So my cousins would say it was like chicken chow marinara on a hard roll. You never knew what the hell you were going to get for dinner. It was like just mixed up all kinds She's of shit. Amazing. Yes, yeah, you know. it's a great fried rice. Do you have a favorite thing you like to? Um, I love cooking the monogotha when I have the time to do it. Is that the little? Um, Manicotti, by yeah, white people standards, yeah, uh, Monogotha, yeah. I love doing the Monogotha. I like doing soups. I really enjoy doing. That soups. was actually really one of the first times um, Vic went to Arkansas to meet some of my extended family. Um, he's like, "I'm going to cook for you," and my southern family was like, "That's great." You know, what are you going to make? And he said, uh, "Mana, what is it? Yeah, Monogotha, Monogotha." And they were like, "What?" And he's like, "Monogotha." <laughs> They're like, "What?" And he goes. Manicotti, and they go, Oh, we love manicotti. <laughs> this was Thanksgiving dinner, by the way. I cooked Thanksgiving That's dinner. That's the one with the little, um, you, you make a pancake, right? Yeah, like it's, a, it's a like crepe. an Italian crepe pancake. It's a crepe thing. stuff with cheese, and but it's, it's like really you, you got to cook the uh, you got to make a real, like, real red. Maybe star, we not should just start bolognese. doing like YouTube videos of you, you cooking. Well, you keep wanting to do TikToks all, of me cooking, and I'll like. Tell people one fistful. <laughs> you say one fistful, this. and they're going to think something completely different. That's going. <laughs> that's going in a very bad direction quickly. But yeah, you get some. You make amazing stuff. I'm very spoiled. So how I'm not 500 pounds is surprising. To yeah, me honest. too. Me too. But yeah, I love it. I, I actually I'm married I, up. Is what's the expression? I'm married now. You didn't marry up. I married up. <laughs> I um, I and I actually always enjoyed um, cooking. Like dinner parties. I don't know why. I just always enjoy it. The one thing about Vic, though, is like he's an amazing cook, but I'm he is such a fucking slob. See, that's just it. If such I was an actual, so if like I was an he, actual sugar daddy, I would he, have that woman in the kitchen cleaning up yeah. behind me. He is that a hint? No. <laughs> <laughs> he loves to cook for dinner parties. I fucking hate it because he is such a dirty chef. Like he makes the biggest mess. I am a very clean chef and a very clean baker. You gotta cook with zest. I clean as I go, and Vic does not. And then you finish eating, and it's always really heavy because it's Italian or Sicilian. And then you go, and you're like, the last thing I want to do is clean the goddamn kitchen right now. Oh, so no, there'll be no dinner parties. No, there'll be dinner parties. (laughs) All our friends out there, don't worry. When this is over, we're having multiple dinner parties. I like, yeah, it's it's nightmare fuel. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Crack open a bottle of champagne and celebrate but you've this better thing with your ending. Cleaning. I'm OCD and I'm a germaphobe, so like my version of clean is like you could eat off the floor in my house. Yeah. You and my grandmother Vic's would get along. This version of clean is about half that. <laughs> Questionable. Questionable. But he tries. I try. I do try. You do. You're a great husband. I'm very glad I married you. Thank you. <laughs> All right, should we do shameless plugs? Uh, my book. Go, yeah, you can see it. Wait for the corn. <laughs> on Amazon. I got, yeah, I think it was like 76 five-star reviews or something like that. That's but, awesome. I mean, it's it's, pre- it's a pretty quick read. Um, if you do read it, please, please reach out. Tell me what you thought. I'm, I'm, you know, always trying to improve and I do take constructive criticism well. And if you like this podcast, please leave a review. Mm-hmm. Please write something. Even if you hate it, please write something. You can write something. <laughs> just write something. Yeah, just like, literally write, write something. Write something. Yeah. something and we'll have forty know. something reviews yeah. now. But um, but yeah, just you know, we we we're trying to uh, trying to get some guests in. We're going to see how long this lasts. If we can do some Zoom or Skype guests, and uh, go from there. If not, it, it might be a couple more episodes. We might be doing the Scotch episode next. We'll be drinking Scotch for you. And um, also like. Feel free to comment if you have an idea that you want to see for an episode, like a Scotch episode or, you know, whatever, because I like yeah, we, we, we've to had, know what you guys want to hear about. So. We've had requests for three episodes we haven't done. One, they, they wanted us to do a porn episode, an absolute porn episode, um, a Scotch episode, and a Disney episode. Oh, we always get requests for Disney We should do episodes. that. Disney! Yeah, we've been to, I mean, I guess there are, what, 
five Disney's in the world now. We've been to three of them. Yeah. We haven't been, we to, haven't been to Shanghai, Shanghai or, or Japan. Japan. Yeah. Now they're saying there's going to be one outside of London. Yeah. I can't wait. Yeah. I can't wait. But yeah. So let us know what you want to listen to uh, or want to hear from us. Um, if you have guests you want to see on, let us know. And uh, thank you for listening. Thanks for listening to us, even if we're in our uh, library yes. <laughs> at home. And uh, thanks for letting me interview you, babe. Oh, you're welcome. If you guys want, um, you can follow me on TikTok, Danny Daniels TikTok. I hit a million! I hit a million! I love you guys. It's so cool. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, Especially because, like, you have to be super PG on TikTok. So it's me just making embarrassing videos of myself. And I can't believe a million of you want to watch that. So that's really cool because my bobs are put away. And, uh, yeah, what else? Go to Danny's things. Danny's he said, I my OnlyFans. Yeah. Dailybush.com. Daily I got an OnlyFans. I don't. I have no OnlyFans. I'm going to make you one. <laughs> I'm going to make Vic an OnlyFans. I have a, I have Would an, you subscribe? I have an author's um, page on Amazon. You can follow me there. There you go. Maybe do you have a, do you have a goal out. for your next book? What do you mean? When it's done or when it's... Yeah. I'd like to finish writing it before this... this Staying inside ends, and then it'll be the polishing and the editing, which is gonna take. This one's gonna take a little bit of time because it's it's so maybe a birthday gift. Might be a might be a birthday gift for you, (laughs) depending upon the editorial process. Oh boy, which could be a lot. Yeah, this could be could be be a bit rough. So this one's gonna take some polishing, possibly. Yeah, possibly. I have my fingers crossed. Might be birthday. Christmas is the latest. (laughs) (laughs) And on that note, I love you guys. Thank you for listening. And uh, we'll see you next week. Okay, bye guys. Bye.